Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Chris. And I'm Adam. Yes, and we're here yet again for episode 100 and... Uh, no, no idea. Um, and it's... I think we're 118. Yes, mm. I think you're right. I don't even know why I mentioned the number. I've literally never done that before apart from on, like, you know, important episodes. So yeah, I should have thought about that. Every episode's important. You're quite right. It's almost as if I don't think about this until I switch the mic on and then I suddenly go, oh shit, what am I going to say? <laughs> and I've been doing this for three years and I'm still hanging by the seat of my pants. Um, but that's all right, because it's a special celebration because we are here for the birthday of our very own special slave, Chris. Oh. Do, I get, do I get like special walkies? You, know? you, get, <laughs> you get special walkies and we're finally going to change your bucket. <laughs> Don't, that was the best thing about it the, the disgusting <laughs> just looking uh, just looking into it and seeing all the patterns that emerge after th- three sleepless nights and lack of food hallucinations <laughs> mm. uh, speaking of which that's a bit what this film felt like um, so we are here to watch Chris's choice this week of Attack the Block uh, from 2011, um, but before... in actual fact, in oh. actual fact, this month, I think we're recording this on the 15th. Yeah, um, it, 15th of May. It debuted in, on its uh, premiere was the 13th. Oh, so it's the 10. This month is the 10 year anniversary. That's why we planned it like this. It's like we knew it. Yeah. <laughs> No, we j- the, the only this is the only thing that makes me think we should keep doing the podcast is the amount of times we stumble on this shit. Yeah. Makes me think that unconsciously we're doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> the signs. Uh so yeah, so we are covering Attack the Block. Uh but before we get into that, Chris, have you watched anything horror related or adjacent? Wait. We are getting so close, surely so close to oh, finishing God. the MCU. So <laughs> close. And yet, somehow, still so far. But yeah, so we're at Ant-Man and the Wasp, which was good. I nice. think it's still funny, um, you know, entertaining. Um, maybe, I don't know if it was as good as the first Ant-Man, but that was so unexpectedly good that, you know, it's hard to live up to that. And then, so we finished that, and we're now on to, and this is where it feels like, you know, we're getting up to date. Uh, Avengers Infinity War, which is great because we've now got Guardians of the Galaxy back in it, and Woo! it's quite funny with um, uh, when when uh, what's his Captain? No, it's not Captain. It's Thor uh, lands on their ship, yeah. and then you know it's it's quite entertaining between <laughs> the, the two groups. Um, so yeah, you know it's it's good, really. It's, uh, it's very entertaining. Um, you must a- be on the final leg now. Well, so it's this and then Endgame, it yeah. looks like, unless something else does get released. Black Widow, we would have then been one ahead of Black Widow, apparently, but it says not out yet. 2021 movie, so I don't know I when that will be released. I think it was to come out during, mm. during, obviously, the pandemic, so it's been held back. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking during the week, actually, because um, I'm furloughed, I've got very little else to do than <laughs> sit around and just ponder random shit. Um, but one of the things I was thinking was, um, we've talked about um, uh, 
Black Panther. Mm. And yes. uh, and Adam was saying that he enjoyed it. And I was saying I felt because they're taking the comedy out, it lost a lot. Um, I've not seen it. Oh, you've not seen it? Oh, okay. No, no, I think it was where Chris was. Was it Wesley said he liked it? I think. It, it may have, actually, yes. Um, but I was thinking when I said about them taking the comedy out, and that was what had affected it for me quite a lot. But when I thought back during the week, actually, I think what happened was the original ones had some comedy, but not. I mean, like Iron Man had a lot, but other than that, I think they they only had a, a smaller amount. Yeah, and then it was the Avengers and Guardians that were particularly funny, well, and then when Guardians we went back... especially and Thor Ragnarok as well, yeah. I would say. But then it's a bit less. Exactly, and now it's gone back to how it was. It felt mm. like they'd stripped all the comedy out. So actually, it's probably as much in there as there was in the, the Thor films and stuff. Mm. But mm. because I'd been given that little bump of comedy in the middle, it felt like it was starved of comedy. So I would mm. just like to correct myself because, uh, yeah, I was just having a wonder I... about them, and that was a decision that I came to. Because <laughs> I think it's where Joss Whedon comes in on the on the Avengers films. Yeah. Mm. And he obviously does tend to be, um, you know, he he tends to have that sort of com like snappy sort of comedy thing mm. uh, going on. Uh, although apparently uh, an atrocious bully and misogynist as well. So oh, really? yes, I did hear that. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Which seems which seems a shame considering that he created Buffy, which is like one mm. of the most sort of like. Um, identified as like a, a very sort of female empowered quite progressive series. at yeah. the time i suppose yeah but yeah apparently yeah just mm. like everyone else in hollywood is just a <laughs> bit of a fucking fat weirdo so, <laughs> yeah oh, this is a this is <laughs> um fuck oh. off i'm not having us cancelled <laughs> not before 200 episodes come on <laughs> um so, Chris, are you catching up on that? Did you catch up on anything else, or is that is that we're, no, we're, all, all of our all of our spare time is spent working our way through those? It's a good use of time. Not not many to go. <laughs> Adam, what have you been up to? I wonder. I was having a ponder, and I couldn't really think of much. Um, I've started watching. I'm a bit late on this one. Uh, I've started watching Devs, um, which is. Mm. Um, sci-fi uh tv show like eight part series from uh alex garland who did who who wrote 28 days later uh, but also oh, yeah. then did ex machina and annihilation so he's doing quite a lot of sci-fi but it's basically sort of well the most reassuring thing i can think about this is that everyone who i heard talking about devs couldn't describe it <laughs> and i kind of see that now having started watching it i'm like yeah i'm not entirely sure i, I can see there's a, a story happening <laughs> but equally i'm not entirely sure what direction it's going in mm. um but it's you know so so far so interesting but it's definitely it's all to do with um quantum computing and um, great. it's it's I think to tell you the truth, Chris, I think you I think you probably dig it because it's really mm. um really good, really sort of like smart sci-fi. But it's one of the it's also one of those ones that keeps um 
kicking you in the teeth every sort of like 15 minutes like mm. you'll be watching it and it's like oh so they've done that and it's like oh no that was that wasn't happening that was like that wasn't what that person's motivation was they were pretending oh, that's interesting or, you know it's one of those ones where at various points you're never quite sure if well, you're that, that fully... does remind me of ex machino which was fantastic yes that was a good film mm. yeah. and in fact that does spill over into horror really. oh definitely i mean i'd love to cover annihilation on the show at some point because again i think that really because alex garland it's the weird thing when he because obviously he wrote um the beach um like the book of the beach and it was only uh when danny boyle did that and then got him to write 28 days later and basically yeah alex garland completely changed his career and it was like Oh, I'm going to be a novelist, and then it's suddenly, oh no, I'm actually probably one of the best sci-fi writers and directors mm-hmm. of the last ten years. Mm-hmm. So I'll just bash that out in between, like <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio pissing off a lot of people in Bali. So yeah, um, but yeah, so I've started watching that, but I will I will report further, mm-hmm. or at least just give you a yes or no. But so far, I'm I'm sticking with it. I'm gonna watch watch more of it, just catch up on iPlayer. Mm. Um, other than that, the only thing that I have, the only thing I've watched, and I don't know if you have, Lee, is obviously there's a new series of Inside Number Nine. I have not. I'm waiting, uh-huh. but I am very much gonna be uh, getting involved in that ASAP. Really. Yeah, I won't go. I won't go too into detail with it. It's basically the the one thing that I found with it was. I watched it and I watched it and enjoyed it. And then the BBC do a uh, BBC Sounds do a podcast called Inside Inside Number Nine. That's right. And yeah. Stephen Reese talking about and that, they've actually done some classic episodes now. I think because they were sort of heading towards doing Series Six, mm. um, so they've done Twelve Days of Christine. Uh, Quiet Night In and the uh, Riddle of the Sphinx. They've oh, done those three. The Riddle like, of the recent Sphinx Steve, yeah. is still one of the best pieces of TV I think I've ever seen. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I mean, they're all they're all pretty terrific. I mean, it's it's also interesting listening to that to hear Reese talking about Twelve Days of Christine, where he's obviously just a bit like, yeah, but it wasn't horrible, was it? <laughs> Quite nice. <laughs> don't tell people that's your favourite. Don't make it the favourite. <laughs> he's sort of like, I think anyone else, it's like, sort of like, well, you've made this like genuinely moving BAFTA award winning piece of TV. And I think Reese is like, yeah, but it's not a scary one or a funny one, is it? <laughs> that's what we should be. That's what they should like. See, I'm so, with him on that. They're my favourite. Oh. I don't like the depressing ones or the thought provoking ones. I like the comedy and the horror. I mean, for me, I, still Elizabeth Gadge is probably my favourite. Uh, the trial of Elizabeth Gadge, yeah. like the Witchfinder one, I just fucking adore that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and, and, but I kind of it's it's a weird one because the episode that was on the other day, it was only by listening to Inside Inside Number Nine, where they kind of explained what it's based on, mm. uh, because it's basically without getting too highfalutin, um, it's based on the uh, uh, Comedy dell'art, which is basically 
the sort of strolling players from the 15 and 1600s. Mm. Uh, and they would have like this, basically they had this sort of archetype set up where you had so many characters and that character always fulfills that role. Mm. So your comedy troupe would kind of put on the plays and they may be similar or kind of similar stories or whatever like that. But much more to the point is you have archetypes in there. Like you have the um, cowardly, vainglorious military guy or you have the Harlequin or things yeah. like that. And actually, yeah, having then ha- having watched the episode and then heard them talking about it, it's like, ah, so that's what you're doing. Yeah. But it was just, yeah, it's just something that I've never, uh, you know, I've never studied or um, I've heard the term, but I've never known anything more about it. So it's one of those ones, because right, they do sort of like, I think uh, there is a thing in there where they're like, well, it's one for the, it's one for the theatre students. So, and um, yeah, I mean, it's like, I suppose like they did with like anything, it's like with the crossword, like with the Riddle of the Sphinx, like with the crosswords where it's, they had someone come in and do like check their cryptic crosswords to see if they followed the rules of cryptic crosswords. And, um, but yeah, it's, um, but definitely, definitely a, a bit, bit of a weird one, but still funny and funny in just whole routines of silly fucking jokes <laughs> of 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 the nature of it's it's not one that's in there but very much of the nature of uh, uh, my wife's gone to the West Indies Jamaica oh. yeah it's it very much in that like in that sort of vein but um, but yeah um, well worth well, I mean you know. The good thing is you get a different thing every week, but uh, yeah, it's just it's just good to have them back, really. Yeah, definitely. Excellent. Cool. Um, I've been very busy since we were last together. Um, so first of all, I went back. I realised that Lady Jennifer. I know. I think. I think this is something that Adam and I discussed either on or off mic a couple of months ago, which reminded me of it. Uh, 1995's Italian horror, The Day of the Beast. Oh, um, yes. I realised Jennifer had never seen it uh, because I watched it while she was at work when I borrowed it off of you, Adam, on VHS. Um, yeah. So we went back and rewatched it. It was the one that was, I'm sure it was on a VHS with Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and Spider Baby. That, there's definitely, there was a VHS with that, with those two on there. And I think L, the, Day of the Beast was on with something was on another tape with something else. Ah. I can't for the fucking life of me remember what it was, but yeah. Um, um, but they're from the same batch of VHSs <laughs> around that sort of time, I think. Yeah. Um, I'd forgotten how funny this film was. It's just brilliant. It's it's just meant like I mentioned it to Jennifer. I said, "Oh, we were just talking about this. I'd like to rewatch it." She said, "I don't know anything about it." And then she read the synopsis and was just like, "What?" A priest is trying to commit crime so that he gets to meet the devil and he gets a man from a black metal band and an online occultist to join. Mm. Um, yeah, and they go on a drug-fueled rampage, basically. <laughs> yeah. They have to they have to find they, they have to find the Antichrist. <laughs> it's and not only that, but also because I think I think when um we did our uh christmas crossover with uh the not for everyone 
uh, boys. Yeah. Mm. Um, and we would like sort of Christmas films and everything else like that. And just afterwards, I just had that fucking thing where it's like, and I do it, I've done it with both of the ones we've done the crossover where it's like afterwards, like just stopping in the middle of the street going, oh, for fuck's sake, I should have said that. <laughs> and, you know, and this was definitely one of them where yeah. it's like, because it's set at Christmas. You yeah, know, what could be more Christmas? Yeah. So it's, um, yes, yeah, but it's, I mean, we should, we'll have to cover it at some point because it's just, We'll, we'll do it as our Christmas film this year or something. I don't know. That's a great idea. Yeah, mm. I'd be more than happy to rewatch this again because it's yeah, it's just wonderful. Um, so from there, I rewatched uh, 2012's The Secret of Crickley Hall. Oh yeah, uh, the made-for-TV miniseries. It was in three episodes, 50 minutes each, um, and it's. Brilliant. I, I completely forgot that David Warner is even in it. Um, oh, wow. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's James Herbert. I've read the book a couple of times, mm. um, but this was actually a really good adaptation of it. Um, yeah, traditional ghost story. A couple have lost their child. Uh, he's gone missing and it's the one year anniversary and the husband is worried that the mother is starting to lose her marbles slightly. So he decides to take a job out in the Lake District, basically, and move them into a great big manor house and live there for a couple of months, just while the year anniversary blows over to try and keep her mind occupied. Um, yeah, and the house they move into used to be a, uh, an orphanage run by a lunatic and his sister. Um, yeah, and now the house is full of ghosts. <laughs> mm. But yeah, absolutely brilliant. Really, really good. Well worth watching. Uh, IMDb rating of 6.9, to give you an idea of how good it is. So um, yeah, Secret of Crickley Hall miniseries. Winner, winner. Uh, Excellent. And then from then, uh, uh, season one of Goosebumps has just appeared on uh, Netflix. Uh, I never saw it the first time round. I think Me neither. Was, no, I, I, mean, I think it's one of those. I think like my brother and a, and his friends got really into it, and uh, my cousin Bus um, were all really into it because they were that couple of years younger. But I think it, it came out in '95, so it came out just at that point where we were too cool to be watching kids' TV shows. <laughs> uh, Hey, look at me now, Ma. Three years old, and I finally gone back and started watching it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was. Oh no, it's too. It's too aimed at kids. I won't watch it, and I never did. But that, now it's turned up on Netflix. It's actually really good. I, th I think that's the, the puppet looks yeah. like it's based on Jimmy Carr. <laughs> <laughs> it came up. I was like, what? What's he doing on there? Maybe I think it's just a small I, picture. I think we were at precisely the wrong age, Lee. Yeah, because like like you say, it's like what's the rest for fucking kids <laughs> like that, and it's like you know we were at the, we were at how many killing stage exactly? How many killings? Just lots. <laughs> but it, I mean, it's it's really it's you know it, I'm watching it at the moment in bed because they're like 25 minutes an episode. So as you get into bed, chuck one of those episodes on, and by the time it's finished, I'm ready to turn the light out and get some sleep. Um, you reckon it would be a good thing for for the age it's aimed at? 
yeah definitely i mean it's very it is very kid friendly um yeah but still so, well written oh yeah oh yeah really mm. good um yeah, really tongue in cheek. Oh, it feels so mm. 90s, though, like so painfully 90s, yeah. the filming and everything. Um, but yeah, I say they're really good. And of course, the film came out a couple of years ago, the two movies they did of Goosebumps, mm. uh, which introduced or well, sort of harkened back to a lot of the characters from the TV show. Um, so yeah, I thought it was worth going back and watching, and I'm glad that I did. On on that thing of child sort of child friendly horror or scares or whatever, I haven't actually started watching it yet, but I have noticed that Round the Twist has turned up on uh I think on Amazon Prime. And oh, God. Yeah. And that is something that I'm definitely gonna have to rewatch, I think, because it was again, it's one of those things of being I was probably just a wee bit too old. Or sort of like, I would have thought I was a wee bit too old to watch it. Yeah. But equally, whenever I did watch it, I was like, that's fucking weird. Or that's creepy. Yeah. Or, you know, do you know what I mean? It was it was quite just a very sort of strange show in that sort of... is also has that sort of lovely feeling to it where you're just like, wow, I can imagine that if you watched this at six, that would fucking... That would have just stuck in your mind for years. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly you know, the same as Goosebumps, yeah. Yeah, like living scarecrows and people with bum mouths and things like that, you know. Oh, I think I need to see those as well now. Now you've mentioned it, I need to go back mm. and rewatch it. Um, yeah, so that's... Oh, uh, and I did uh, another Jason Buck, who I mentioned on the last episode. Um, oh, yes. Yes, uh, I've been and listened to two more of his readings. So one of them was The Beryl Coronet the Sherlock Holmes uh-huh. story. Oh, yes. Um, he did a reading of that. And then my absolute favourite this week on Wednesday and Thursday, over two nights for two hours each night, he read The Shadow Over Innsmouth. Um, oh, nice. Which, again, I didn't know Jennifer hadn't read. So she had no idea about it. So uh, that was a, a rare treat. So, uh, yeah, all good. I had a, I had a sudden uh, thing when... you Because following so many sort of like horror accounts and stuff like that on Instagram, just flicking through. And then there was just like a clip from Dagon. And I was just like, shit, I've not watched that for a very, 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 very long time to the point of almost thinking, did I even remember that film existed? I think I might have actually just forgotten. Yeah. We, we're definitely going to rewatch it. I say we would have watched it last night if we didn't have to watch attack the block for this evening. So, uh, Mm -hmm. Dagon is very much on the list. <laughs> was that a little hint? Didn't have to watch. No, no, it wasn't. No, well, maybe. Well, well mm. I don't know. <laughs> let's get into it and let's discuss it. So, uh, yes, as we mentioned, we are covering uh, Attack the Block from 2011, a film that Adam had seen, I had never seen. Uh, I'd watched mm. the first 10 minutes and sacked <laughs> it off. Um, yeah, and Chris was keen to see what it was like. So, Chris, what did you make of Attack the Block? Well, as you can see from my background, uh, if if I only took away the awesome teeth glowing as they do, <laughs> a, a raver's nightmare, look at those, look at those wonderful glowing teeth, oh, it's killing me, but they're still <laughs> glowing really nice. <laughs> you know, like that, that's quite a unique aspect to the film. 
I def- um, definitely the monsters. Yeah, I, I do. I do think they're um, very well executed. Yeah, I, I, backwards and forwards. I couldn't do. Part of me was like, "Oh, it's really lazy. <laughs> it's just a black shaggy outfit with somebody running in it." And then part of me was like, "Yeah, but I did like the idea of it being so black that they were like, I've never seen anything that dark before." So I was like, mm-hmm. "It's kind of cool." But then the other part of me was like, "It's a bit of a cop out, really." But yeah, I, I, th- I think also because the three because when I was reading about it, Joe Col- I think Joe Cornish said it was. Um, the ring wraiths in mm. the animated yeah. Lord of the Rings, like the yeah. Banshee Lord of the Rings. Um, but also, and this is one where I had to Google it because I was like, what does he mean? Um, the original arcade cabinet for Space Invaders. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And it's got that sort of like fuzzy, shaggy sort of outline where it's just a set of eyes. Yeah. And um, yeah. And I said, but I, I think, I think the good thing is is that they, they kind of make a virtue of the fact that they don't sort of concentrate on the monsters that much. Yeah. Where it's like, right, so the monsters are there and they're doing their thing, and that's it. They don't have like, you know, if if this was if this was. 1982 in Antarctica there'd be an autopsy sequence or something like that but (laughs) they just they just get on with it where it's like right it's monsters run and yeah I I like I like them when they're when they're peering in through the window though and you can just see the because it's the weird because the teeth look like eyes at first Mm. yeah until the mouth opens and I quite like that especially because people are just it's that thing of people peering to try and get a grasp on what it looks like. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I thought it was it was entertaining. Um, I was pleased to see John John Boyega. Um, yeah. It because obviously we're going to be watching him again soon, and yes. I hadn't seen him in anything else. So yeah, he was completely unknown to me when I saw. Uh, the Force Awakens, and so this, and I, I don't this was know, his first what, film. It was okay. So this yeah. was 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to remember now. Force Awakens. That was probably a few years ago now. Force Awakens is, is kind of worrying, but 2015, I think. 15. Mm, okay. Because I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because it came because we had that. Then it's Rogue One. Mm, I think Rogue yes, Rogue yeah. One's 2016 because they were sort of okay. doing. They were sort of alternating saga versus. That's right. Yeah, like the spin-off kind of spin-off stuff. Side, so yeah, yeah. So I think it's I think it's 2015. Mm, okay. So it was only only a few years after. I mean, this this is the the curious thing about Attack the Block is that it does predict English sci-fi for the next fucking decade, because mm. you've got like John Boyega, who obviously is one of the sort of well, certain certainly. The Force Awakens is one of the major stars uh, of yeah, the series, yeah, and one of the only non-Jedi characters to ever wield a lightsaber. Indeed, mm. um, and obviously Jodie Whittaker as who is now the Doctor mm. uh, in Doctor uh, okay. Who. And, and the but the weird thing is, is oh wait, so what, wait, she must be the first female Doctor then. She is the first female Doctor, and mm. that's the that's the weird thing is a lot of the time. 
as a Doctor Who fan, I, you watch stuff and there'll be a performance in it or something like that where you're like, oh, that person will make quite a good Doctor or whatever like that. And, but I remember you know, sort of like looking back now, when I watched this, that wasn't a thing. There was no sort of, mm-hmm. you know, there wasn't a, you didn't even have, because obviously, because in Doctor Who, they changed, they changed the, the master first, came back as a woman. Mm. at one point but does that mean the assistant became a man uh, no Jodie Whittaker's got three assistants oh, with her. Okay. one of whom is Bradley Walsh and he's frankly fucking brilliant he really really is and it's but um, but they've, they have done it in a couple of episodes where people who know the Doctor have turned up and mm. assumed that Bradley Walsh is the Doctor <laughs> right, yeah. because they didn't think but similarly you know I'm, I'm looking back at this now and it's like there was no way in my brain that I would have been like, that Jodie Whittaker would have made a very good doctor because it's just not, you know, 10 years ago, there was definitely not a thing where it's like, oh yeah, well, obviously anyone can play, you know, any, Mm. uh, any gender can play the doctor. Although that has opened it up now because at the moment, my, um, mostly due to my own obsession anyway, but I think that fucking, I always thought Maxine Peake would be a fucking great doctor. But now the trouble is it does mean that everything is laid wide open where you can just watch stuff and it's like, I don't know, that dog's very good. <laughs> you know, maybe he could be the doctor. I don't know. <laughs> so, because, I mean, I suppose if I, was, if I was taking anything from this, it would have probably been, you know, I would have thought, oh, maybe John Boyega or something like that. But, yeah, so it's quite an interesting uh, mm. thing when, you know, that, Especially because I mean I don't think Jodie Whittaker had done that much then, because she did. She the reason she got the part, the reason she got the part of the Doctor is she did uh, Broadchurch, and the guy who is producing Doctor Who now or show running Doctor Who now um, created Broadchurch, like the ITV uh, crime series. Mm. And um, yeah, so that's that's the reason she that's sort of like the main reason that she's she got cast as the Doctor. But mm. yeah, so it's just a very weird sort of thing there. And obviously you've got Nick Frost who yeah. would make him very I mean, he was a very good Santa Claus in Doctor Who, it has to be said. So <laughs> uh, I was just looking, I'd forgotten. Yeah, so uh she was also in Marchlands, which I'd forgotten about entirely. Now that's mm. a fantastic supernatural miniseries. Oh no, it's a full series, I think. Five episodes. Um yeah, that's outstanding. And I've forgotten she was in that as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think that the takeaway thing from this film, uh, although I, I took very little away from it, what I did take <laughs> away was at least John Boyega got out there and got seen. And then it, at mm. least it was a mm. stepping stone for him to be in Star Wars because he's fantastic in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, th- I thought he was good in this. He is yeah, great in this because I... I th- I think he does manage to be, because um, I mean that that the whole sort of opening sequence, and I know that mm. this is, I know because uh, me and Lee were sort of talking beforehand, and I know that the main, um, or one of the main issues that Lee has with it is obviously is you've got characters who start off doing something horrible. Yeah. And, but, yeah. and I think the film doesn't the, the film f- doesn't really pull away from it. 
it never tries to sort of say that that was anything other than horrible. Mm. Um, and I, I, I just, and I don't know, it's just, it's a really strange choice to take, mm. this is your protagonist, this is who you're going to follow, but they're a fucking asshole. Like, and, and that's the yeah. problem. So nothing that happens for the next 88 minutes makes up for what he does in the first five. And therefore don't care about his character he's fantastically acted and and the thing is the rest of them that little gang of scumbags like they're the same as well like they're actually they're quite likable characters but because of the way they're introduced it just makes yeah. it difficult for me to give any kind i said i think what i actually said um last night in text uh, but I was drunk last night. I've I've stopped drinking this year, so we're now uh, five and a half months in. And last night I said, "It's pretty impressive." Fancy a glass of wine, and then I had another one. Then I had a gin and tonic, and then I started texting Adam, going, "The problem with this fucking." <laughs> um, I, I think what I said yesterday, the kind of gist of it was like, if you took another character who I love, like if you took Jack Burton. I love Big Trouble in Little China and he's great and he's my favourite and you cheer for him the whole way. Why would you suddenly put in an opening scene where it's just Jack Burton in a bar, meets a woman, takes her back to his van, kicks the fuck out of her and then dumps her at the side of the road and then we have the rest of the film. Like, I just... I wouldn't be on board with him. I wouldn't be no, able not, to support not, him. So you're not oh, waiting for the mashup of Death Proof yeah. and Big Trouble in Little China? Exactly. That's what I like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely understand what you're saying. I, I don't, it didn't affect me quite as badly as that might. It, it didn't seem, um, I guess, the way it was portrayed. I, I guess it seemed realistic enough, whereas I, don't, I wouldn't view something like Big Trouble in Little China as, as realistic in that way. So no, I assumed I just, that I from this, we're why... trying to show. But what yeah. is it trying to show? I don't get what... And that's the thing, the characters for the rest... I, I figure just a more realistic, you know, situation. Like, that is just what's going on. And then the, the aliens, monsters start appearing. It's not like... Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I didn't get the sense that you're meant to really like those characters. But there's... And, and I've said and it I, before I, with so many things. That's how it works for me. I well, you, you had it with Psycho Gorman as well. Yeah. yeah. I have to, I have to like yeah. the characters enough to care what mm. happens to them or... I, like, I, I find it fascinating them. just to watch They're just the, the unfolding of the story. Mm. Yeah. See, I don't... I have to be on Do, see, somebody's th side. Yeah. Mm. I, th I think that's... I think that's the thing is... Because... And interestingly enough, this is something that I was like reading about and I don't... And this... I don't think this is where... I certainly don't think this is where you are, Lee. But there was a thing where they said, like, when it came out, because we were talking to um, Bobby from Not For Everyone, who really likes, who loves Attack the Block. Yeah. Mm. And it's got, like, a weirder... It has, like, quite... A, an unusually, for what you'd think is a very English-centric film, has quite a following in the States. It's mm. interesting. But... But the interesting thing was, is that it sort of, it did kind of tank over here. It wasn't like a big smash or anything else like that. I mean, mm. half of that, I think, is a lot of people were like, oh, it's just like Shaun of the Dead. No, it's fucking not. It is different. It's funny. It's not. But it's comedy. a totally different thing. This is mm. more like Assault on Precinct 13. Yeah. Or something like that. You know, it's an action film with funny bits, not a comedy yeah. action but film. 
I'd I'd said more entertaining lines. Yeah, it's not yeah. not not comedy. Yeah, it's yeah. not gags and sort of stuff no. like that. And that was the thing. Like I only got two legitimate laughs for the entire mm. film. So I but, was, but I, I was constantly character. amused by it, rather than yeah. But yeah. I think that when when it came, but when it came over here, is I think a lot a lot of people voiced the same. Uh, like a lot of film critics were voicing the same opinion, where mm. it was like sort of like oh you you know you've got this character and they do this terrible thing at the start and they you know and everything else like that. But they would be the same people where it was like they were they really loved Scorsese. Or because I know for, I know with you, Lee, you don't really like sort of you know, crime films is the wrong term, but like gangster stuff or whatever yeah, like that. Where for me, I hate you, you don't you know where like mafia guys are meant to be, are your sort of protagonists essentially yeah. or whatever like that. And I think that that I guess like, it's like cowardly sort of cowardly mm. crime, isn't it? A gang where they're all just oh, oh you're yeah. all tough, yeah, like exactly. in a gang. But as soon as they're on their own, they're terrified and. And I think I think it's that removal thing. So over mm. here, people were like, "Well, that could happen to me," because mm. I'm because you know there are hoodies at the end of my road yeah. or whatever like that. Whereas it's like, "Oh, that's brilliant in Casino where he puts the guy's head in the vice," and it's like, "Yeah, but I'd imagine if you mm. actually are like <laughs> mid level in Vegas, you're <laughs> probably not that. You probably don't find it that fucking funny. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And it's sort of I think so. I think that there's that sort of removal element there is probably why it has a a life in the states almost despite sort of tanking here but apparently the because uh, obviously um we've not mentioned the director joe cornish um of adam and joe yeah um the uh, comedy series and and again to give him full props for um how how he did the film um, I'll, I'll go into it in a bit, but basically his starting off point for the film is he got mugged mm. by some kids. And he said that the thing that was overriding in his head was they seemed scared even though he was scared. Yeah. If you see what I mean. Like they were sort mm. of like, they, they, and he was kind of, it just sort of played on his mind. But he also was like, he likes... Like he said, it was like he wanted to do that sort of American Spielberg sort of thing of, I mean, rather than, you know, a suburban family unit, but just a everyday thing happening mm. and then aliens turn up. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and I think he was almost like sort of like, well, I wonder what would have happened if like, you know, aliens had turned up while I was being yeah. fucking mugged, you know? And it's sort of, so it's sort of, it sort of stems from, stems a bit from that, but um, he got like because obviously most of the most of the cast in this are really a really young, well certainly at the time. I mean that's the weirdest thing watching it is like Jodie Whittaker feels like she's like fucking eight or something in it <laughs> because I'm used to watching her now and it's like sort of fucking hell yeah no that is that is a long time ago now, but they sort of they went to drama groups and schools and things like that, looking for kids who wanted to act because they were like, we didn't put out an open casting call because we wanted people who actually were interested rather than, oh, yeah, we're going to do a film, you know, sort of yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to be in a film or whatever like that. They wanted 
actual sort of series. But he basically sat them down and went through the script with all the kids there because the most like came from the area that they filmed in, like sort of in and around bits of London and South London and stuff like that. And it, he went through the script with them and said, um, right, how are we working the dialogue on this? Because, you know, I'm like... <laughs> I, I'm I'm just like this middle class bloke, you know. Can you? Yeah. I, I'm like this middle class bloke in his forties. What can you tell me? How you know speak. what the <laughs> what the slang is and stuff like that. So a lot mm. of them brought their own sort of thing. But the thing I love most is when I, like when I was researching this is that he said that the character of um, it's oh what is it? Brutus, Brutus. You know the guy mm. who's gone to buy weed off of Nick yeah. Frost's character. Um, <laughs> Yeah, where is it? Yeah, Brewis. Um, basically, yeah, Joe Cornish said that's him. Yeah, in this <laughs> film, is he said that? Yeah, that was him. Where he was like the the quite well off posh bloke coming to Trying buy to... weed, <laughs> but but standing there listening to fucking KRS One and trying to be sort of like hip and down with like all these fucking like rough kids on a council estate and making a fucking total tit of himself. <laughs> um, and I do, I do like that level of, I like that level of awareness where he was obviously like, no, I want to make this authentic. And it does feel authentic, but it's yeah. like, I am not necessarily the guy who can do that without input from people who know what they're fucking talking about. To be fair though, the kids in this, Oh, like there isn't a duff actor in them. They're mm. really, no. really solid. Um, oh, and I'll I tell you what as well. My fucking heroes in this, Probs and Mayhem. <laughs> I fucking adore them too, especially because that is that in my head is more than anything where I'd have been like the little kid tagging along for like, Oh, they're the cool kids. Do you know what I mean? Oh, come on, let's come with you. And it's like, no, fuck off. You're like, what are you, eight? <laughs> Nine? And but I just, yeah, I, I mean, I fucking I just love them too. Mm -hmm. But also, and it has to be said, there's and I I don't know. I'm I mean, I've I've only heard about these sort of things because of documentaries and reading about them in books. But a drug dealer who spends his whole time stoned watching National Geographic <laughs> feels very, very accurate. Yeah, Let's you can totally say. believe that character. Yeah. And Nick Frost is perfect for it as well. Like he Oh. But again, yeah. that's like you were saying with this film tanking, it's exactly the same with me. As I say, it it came out of the cinema, everyone was all hyped up and excited mm. about it. And then I never heard a single person yeah. mention it. And then it came out on DVD and I was like <laughs> I'll buy it because it's Nick Frost and I'm going to give it a go. Um, yeah. yeah, and like I say, I put it on, it got to the mugging bit and I was like, yeah, I don't give a fuck what happens to anybody in this and I just shut it off and never yeah. went back. Um, and I think that's, it's a shame, but that's why I never saw it because it tanked so badly. I was like, if it's got Nick Frost, it's a science fiction, it's set on a council estate, like it, but that might be the other problem. I, I was thinking this last night hoodies who obviously are the protagonists of this film most most cinema goers aren't exactly massive fans of that type of demographic and hoodies 
aren't the type of people who go to the cinema. And if they do, they don't watch the fucking film anyway. They just play on their phone and try and start fights, in my experience. So I, I, so I think that's the problem. I think he's aimed it at a demographic who should be connecting with these characters, but won't go to the cinema. So I don't think anyone went to see it. Well, I think... Because weirdly enough, I think because the guy who plays, um, oh, what's the the main dealers? No, High hats. Yeah. Um, who, again, genuinely, so glad when he gets fucking eaten. Yeah. He is, he is a genuine piece of shit. <laughs> and he, he has, and he has some great music though. <laughs> <laughs> bruh, bruh, bruh. But also like his car. He's just said to admit, but I like this. <laughs> At least there was a, you know, a highlight for you. <laughs> but I mean, that when actually that his guy, um, the guy with him, mm. Tonks. Um, Tonks, just when he's just going, oh, you've got fucking mad puppet skills. <laughs> yeah. When they've brought the fucking thing in, it's just great. But, um, but yeah, like he's he that guy is in a he's in a film called I don't know if you've seen it, Lee, called Eden Lake. No. And basically, the one thing I will say that Attack the Block does is it redresses the thing of because that that came out and there was another film and I can't think what it's fucking called. But basically, they went through a very brief period of doing hoodie horror. Yeah. Mm. And it was basically sort of like. Oh look! Look what happens. You know, if you turn up, if you turn up there, and you know the hoodies come out and they 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 uh, they insult your wife, steal your car, you know, and it's like, yeah, but I don't know if it's a fucking horror film, mate. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, really, I, you know, you, okay, you might get mugged, but I I also don't think that they're going to do some weird cabalistic ritual in the fucking woods near a lake. No, I don't think that happens. But there we go. But. I th- yeah, I think that there's so at least at least from that point of view that they give you rather than making them a faceless menace, which is what you got in stuff like Eden Lake and things like that, and they're just a bit mm. sort of like piss poor. Whereas again, I'm just interested to follow the characters through, and the one thing as as well that runs through it, which I which I really fucking like. Because again, I think it's something that very rings very true of the characters. Is as it progresses that you get this sort of thing where they're like, they still haven't quite got it as to why she's got a problem with well, why Sam's got a yeah. problem with them. And it's like sort of, and it, but also the lovely bit where it's like, well, if we'd have known you were from the block, we wouldn't have done it. Yeah, and it's like. Oh well, that makes it all fucking right then, doesn't it? She said exactly the same words as I did, as I was, as he said. (laughs) And I was like, "Oh shit, that was a bit creepy, a bit weird." But but this is the thing: is I don't think I don't think the film necessarily lets them off the hook. Mm. You get to know the characters more, and like you say, some of them are enjoyable characters to hang around with, or whatever like that. But uh, no, and actually, one of my favourite bits is when she's like. Oh yeah, I'm thinking of moving. Why? What's wrong with the estate? Yeah, and you're like, well, you lot for a fucking start. <laughs> but it's that again. It's that sort of like yeah, that sort of two sided thing where you've you know you've got um because I I remember there was a I can't remember who was it 
but this was like this was like a real life thing where uh, someone uh, someone I knew their their son was um, uh, like w- was terribly like off the rails. He was, um, I think, I basically it was just like thieving and mugging to get money for drugs. And someone tried to explain to him, yeah, but, and he's like, oh, yeah, but all I do is I just steal car radios. I mean, this is how far back we're going, but it's like, <laughs> oh, no, all I do is I steal car radios. And, and, and he just could not fathom it when they said, because his, it was, his mum had her car broken into and he went fucking ballistic and was like <laughs> wandering around like, I'm mm. going to fucking get them. I'm gonna, and like, but could not see. It was the yeah, same. The don't other you see that this is the yeah. reaction that's probably happened in every fucking home where you've broken into the car or whatever? Do you know what I mean? But yeah. it's such a self-centered view. I mean, I, I kind of thought mm. that was the you know the the monsters were meant to be somewhat related. They're meant to be sort of a parallel. You know, they're just doing what they do in the same way that the kids are just doing all they can see. Like you know, two steps in front of them, they're not really thinking about the bigger picture and yeah. consciously you know, being aware of life outside of what's right in front of them. Because I know... Because even the girl upstairs, and I thought it was going to have something more poignant later. So when they go up to Tia's Mm. flat and Tia Mm. says to to Moses, do you now see that your actions Mm. have consequence? And I was like, oh, excellent. And then at the end, something's going to happen that he realised, no. They all think he's a hero. But again, I don't see why they think he's a hero. It was after him. He killed mm. them because they were. If it was after her, and he'd put his neck on the line to mm. save her when he could have mm. just left her to it, I'd have said that's r- redeeming. But he didn't. He just saved his own ass, and then everyone's chanting his name like he's a hero. And I was like, he's not a fucking hero. He's a dick. He's been a dick the whole way through this film. Why are you on his side? I th- I think it's about the fact that he does step up and go out rather than there is the potential that he can hide and especially mm. because he's told he has to tell everyone to keep away from him because that i mean that's an interesting thing as well is there's the weird sort of like the skew of the loyalties where they're like we won't leave you to get in shit mm. with you know giant gorilla wolf monsters um but i think that's i think the that is the passage of redemption is him basically but taking so responsibility. He's not being a coward. He is actually doing something. Yeah. But equally, I, and again, I do like, like you say, I like the fact that he's, you know, his potential girlfriend calls him out on it and just calls him a waste of space. Yeah. You know, every, everyone who, everyone who knows who knows them what's going on but it's but again like you're saying chris about like it being the the monsters um sort of playing out what it's that that sort of single-minded survival mm. is is there is also the line where pests when he says oh what just walking through here waiting to get jumped yeah that's just every day mm. yeah you know and it's sort of like you do you do sort of realize oh yeah you probably do have to be you probably um, have to be quite not necessarily going down the route of then picking on people weaker than you but you do have to have a certain level of toughness to fucking keep going yeah. mm. um, 
but but still, I think yeah, I I like the fact that at no point did that. In fact, I I know you were saying Lee about sort of you know if someone's a very selfish person, does the you know does that change at the end or the thing that the end does that come across that way? Probably not. The one weirdly enough, I think I'm. It's more Sam's change at the end when it's like, oh, I know these people; they're my neighbours. Yeah. And it's sort of like, and, and admittedly, she is sort of trying to say, well, no, you are, you're arresting these people. Actually, wh- while I'm there, that is fucking pitch perfect when they're dragging them out and you've got Buis saying, I, I know my rights. I've, I'm a member of Amnesty International. Yeah. <laughs> and... But also Nick Frost going, well, what's your number? I'm registered disabled. Yeah, yeah, like, that like... yeah, right. yeah. No, that's not. Yeah, it, it, that was spot on. But <laughs> so yeah, I think. But I, I do sort of wonder. But I do like the fact that it's not, you know, it's not one-sided. Sam kills a monster. Sam kills one of the aliens as well when. Uh, oh, Moses' sword gets stuck in the yeah, wall. Yeah, I actually that did make me laugh as well when it's uh, when they're going to when they're going to Tia's flat because it's got the security door, and it's like why why are we going there? Oh, because she's got a security door, and it's like she'd seen them girls fight. She wouldn't be asking why we're going there because <laughs> <laughs> they they you know when they sort of beat one to death with a fucking ice uh, mm. ice hockey uh, <laughs> like uh, ice oh, skate. Oh, ice skate, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's I, not, thought, I thought you might like that, Pitley. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, that's that's the weirdest thing. The, the 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 girls in this one of them one of them's um, one of them's Paigey Cakey, who is like a pretty well known like rapper, mm. singer, like in the um, UK hip hop scene. And one of them is the stroppy receptionist from Tattoo Fixers. Before she was the stroppy tattooist in tattoo fixes, <laughs> stroppy receptionist in tra- tattoo fixes. So yeah, again, you've got quite a lot of sort of. It's weird that you've got sort of quite a lot of talent in here. Also, and I'm going to have to point it out, David uh, David Cowan, uh, David Can is in it, but you don't see him particularly well. But he's the policeman at the end that um, Jodie Whittaker's talking to. And Lee, you'll have probably seen him recently in Sapphire and Steel. Mm. Um, really? Have you have you watched the railway one yet? Yes. Uh, he plays the fighter pilot. You know who comes in? Is oh like God, the, really? Yeah. Wow. Who is also who is also a total Chris Morris regular? He's in like uh, Blue Jam and Brass Eye and stuff like that, and. He's also in Psychoville again, because he always plays coppers or doctors, basically. <laughs> but he's the one in Psychoville who has to tell um, uh, has to tell David Sauerbach his mother's dying. I'm afraid we found something rather disturbing in your mother's stomach. Not like Mark Almond. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. But um, yeah, and he's just he's you know he's just a regular all over the place. But I mean, pretty much you know. They, they, I think they did all right, fucking casting wise on this. Mm. It's fantastic. They are brilliant. And again, it's, and I think that's the thing that makes the characters, despite, and that is mm. my, 
my big gripe. Like this isn't this isn't another one of those films where it annoys me so much that I come away pissed off about it. Um, mm. But I think that is the big misstep is having that opening scene and connecting them that way. Because other than that, as I say, the kids are, they all come across really likable isn't a good word because they're not they are shit houses but like they're kind but, of yeah you mm, don't mind yeah. spending time with them I, yeah. and i think actually weirdly enough i think that there's that's probably the problem with this is it's well executed including how horrible they make the mm. money yeah F- from from your perspective it's not like it's you know what i mean it's not like the music's all over the place or the effects are shit or everything, you know, the, the trouble is with it is it's actually, it does its Almost job too. too well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the and gore in this, that was the other thing as well. The actual gore, when it happens, like when the guy gets his throat ripped out, mm. it looks fantastic. Mm. It really does. Um, and also I, I do like the fact that the gang are immune. Yeah. You know, two, you know, a few of them die. And again, that's part of that. Again, I would say, kind of has to contribute towards Moses's sort of trying to step up. Is like shit. I have actually got friends of mine killed. Yeah, you know. And I think that's. And also, it's. I love. I I absolutely adore that bit just at the end when um, Sam goes to his flat and it's. Have you got a little brother? Yeah. No. How old are you? 15 and you're like you know oh you look older oh thanks but it's <laughs> but you know he's got like spider-man sheets and toy soldiers on top of the telly and stuff like that and it's like you do realize that actually moses has a pretty shit life mm. when he's like you know like in the is what is it i live with my uncle and he's not home that often yeah and you know I've, but also i do absolutely adore the because we've all kind of been there of being ne'er do well, not necessarily, we're not muggers, but ne'er do well delinquent in one way or another children. I, I suppose there's like, elements of relativity in it, isn't it? Yeah. You know? But but definitely, I definitely felt the, no, I'm, I'm going to be five minutes, mum. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm going, mm. why are you going back out? I've got to repair, no, I've just got to repair a tire, uh, get the punch repair kit. Yeah. <laughs> or like, I'm off out, Nan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you beat you. Stay safe. I will. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah that, and, and also the weird thing as well that you sort of it gives you kind of like a bit of a snapshot of ten years ago, but where it's things like it's just really great to watch a film where people kind of run out of credit. Yeah, that see now that was like oh god, I forgot what that used to be like. Yeah. Five people yeah. can't send a text between you because you've all run out of credit. And no one's got any fucking credit, and it's like yeah, that was just perfect. And also mm. just like hiding in a fucking bin. I for... forgot all about him because he you don't yeah. see him for like twenty five minutes, and then it just goes back and you're like, <laughs> it's one of them in the yeah. deal. <laughs> and actually, I just I and again back to props and mayhem. When it's like they're in there, like probs and mayhem, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> See, but that was my only question: is so if the motivation of the aliens was all because he had that spaff all over his jacket, hmm. well, I don't get why one of them stayed and hung around by the bin. Because he still got it on him. It's anyone who touched the thing. That's why one of them bites pests. 
Oh, I and see. Yeah. That's why when oh, they, they were all carrying them, it, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so that they've all mm. got it on them where they've been dicking around with it. Um, we've got with the golem, as they call it. Um, and apparently, apparently, that line when they go up to the girls and one of them says, "I'm not touching that. I'll get chlamydia." <laughs> that that apparently was that actress said that when um, they showed her the the model. Oh, really? <laughs> of of the female of the the dead female only. So I'm not touching that. Chlamydia. So yeah. that's in there. Again, so I wonder yeah. if there's another one where, um, you know, if we'd all watched it together drinking, Lee might have been able to ignore the bits that he didn't like and take away no, the... No, I still, I just... yeah. I think I if just... it wrong-foots you that much at the start, I mm, can understand yeah. it not ringing, yeah. Yeah. Again, and and like I say, the trouble is it's, it's, it's too well done to dismiss in a weird mm. way. You know, yeah. It's, sort of, yeah. it's a bit like the you remember the ritual when we watched that and that opened with that horrible scene <laughs> yeah. in the off license. Yeah, now this was like if then instead of following the poor guy who was in the off license, you follow those shits who killed that yeah. guy with an iron yeah. mask, and they're supposed to be the good guys for the rest of the film. You're like, mm. just a shithouse. I just wanted to, and that was it, and that was the thing. I, I openly cheered when the two of them got killed. I'm not gonna lie. So when the, the gang died, I was like, yes, somebody gets it who deserves it. And I was like, this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be going, no, no, but I wasn't. I was like, yep, go. But yeah. Actually, I mean, in, in terms of set pieces as well, that bit where they're going through, like they set off the fireworks down the hole. Oh, it's fantastic. And then they're just going through. And actually, that where Bruce is just like, I, I I would do it, but I am just so massively stoned right yeah. now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and, and that where um, uh, he gets lost, like gets lost in the fog, mm. and then trips over, and then it's like shit. Which direction are you in? And they do it. You know, you, you sort of think it would be something fairly straightforward, but they do it so fucking well. Yeah. That you realise, Jesus Christ! This, you know, there's tension in this shit. You yeah. know, there's really sort of, yeah. But I think, yeah, I, th I, and I understand. I think it's much the same. In a weird way, I would put it in a similar vein to say with Kill List, mm. where you um, you immediately don't like mm. if you. I mean, not to say that when you watch Kill List, you're meant to like Neil Maskell. No, because he clearly is. A horrible fuck. Yeah, but I think yeah. When if that is if that is something that you don't want to, because like you say, Lee, you like to have an identification figure or you like to have a hero, essentially. Yeah. And I mean, unless yeah, unless, this unless doesn't necessarily fodder. give you a clear. It doesn't give you a clear cut. No hero in any way, shape, or form. This, although it's also that it's also that classic thing where it's like. Yeah, but in that situation, I would be quite pleased for someone to step up with a samurai sword and start killing these fucking things. <laughs> it's like, I would probably not query his moral status at that point. Um, although at the end, you do just get the impression. It's like, he is going to get done. You, you know that Moses is currently doing time for murdering two police officers, stealing a police van yeah. and arson. Yeah. 
because let's face it, did, did, I think a, a trainee nurse saying, mm. you know, oh no, there were there were monsters. Mm. <laughs> Mind you, I suppose there must still be bodies. It's not like you know they'll disappeared or something. Yeah. But then, actually, and that was the one thing I forgot to mention on uh, on. Uh, fucking hell, I nearly used their term for it. But um, it, it's not like um, I watched Repo Man because not for everyone did it. Mm. And yeah, I don't think it's, it's not in that same sort of thing where it's like, well, you wouldn't be able to. Would you have a swarm of government agents coming down and being like, right, this is completely deniable. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll let this we'll let get let this guy take the fall, and then we're just going to go off and study these fucking things. And maybe, maybe I'm just very paranoid. Who knows? But <laughs> you know, there is sort of like I'm, I'm in two minds. You know, I think it's very sort of ambiguous at the end whether it's like, no, he's probably doing a lot of fucking porridge now. Yeah, so. yeah, I think he probably is. But uh, you know. <laughs> And and that's the yeah, that's the thing. He comes away as the hero, but ultimately, he as I say, I didn't think he was particularly. But, but they they don't like they're chanting hero, but he doesn't make us think of him as one. No, but I got the impression you were supposed to, like he was supposed mm. to, you know, like Adam said, you know, he did put himself out there and he did go and kill him rather than just staying hidden. But I, yeah, I mean, I guess it's an element of progression in some way but not by yeah, I, 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 I mean it, it gave me the, the whole sense was you know almost like a fly on the wall is that I didn't I, I didn't actually get the feeling that I was necessarily meant to really fall in with anyone particularly she's the oh, only one I mean Sam obviously is yeah a nice character and she's mm. good um yeah and, and 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 you want her to survive I mean that poor cat mm. First she gets mugged, then they run into her flat, so the aliens charge in and smash the place to pieces. She's got no choice but to tag along with these dickheads, because it's like, yeah. well, I've got nothing else to do and no other way out. I've got to f- stick with them. Uh, and and then you add into that fucking equation, hi-hats going around fucking shooting. Shoot everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which... And again, I think, that's the, I think that's the important bit as well, is just you sort of look around, and I suppose it's like, you know, who who is the most, uh, regardless of any of the, um, like the outside of the alien invasion, it's probably just like, oh yeah, look, hi hats is cool. Do you know what I mean? They all want to impress him. They all yeah. want to be because they're all like, oh look, Moses has been stepped up, and yeah, mm. when he's like, and and he's like, yeah, because he's a lovely fella yeah. handing out. <laughs> Asking a fifteen-year-old to go and deal coke for him, mm. yeah. you know, and it's sort of yeah. But again, yeah, I've just that that is one of the finest moments when he turns up with his two goons, and then they just get fucking attacked Murdered. in the lift. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you don't see it either. <laughs> no, you just hit. And also, just where it just opens up, and it's like the, the um, and Bruce is just there again, because that that whole thing where it's like trying to leave. Actually, him and Nick Frost sat on the sofa is one of my favourite parts of this as well, where they're just where it's just like, well, if there is an alien invasion, a bunch of twelve-year-olds kicked its fucking head in. Who's yeah. worried? 
It's really really annoyed me that uh, uh, that guy, because I knew I recognised him from something. And I'm sure I looked on his IMDb like three times and kept scrolling through. And I was like, can't find it anywhere. But he was Dr. Frankenstein in Penny Dreadful. Oh, what, Luke Treadaway? Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Because um, I know he's, I know he's in the the film that he's in the film. What is it? A street cat named Bob. Yes. About the, the about the genuine homeless cat Bob, who I have met. Yeah. Yeah. I have. Um, I'm sure Dean mentioned it as well. I didn't realise. Yeah, yeah. We saw it. We we were just outside. With, strangely enough, we were outside an off license. <laughs> you know where we where we met. And that's you know. I, I, I don't know how much I've, you know, I don't know how much I've explored London, but I'm pretty sure I could recommend mo- uh, at least three off licenses per every fucking stop <laughs> on the underground line. <laughs> it isn't. It hey. isn't mentioned on his IMDb. Is it not? But it's definitely him. Mm. Now I'm going to have to go to that page and see if I can find it. The interesting thing also with um, Joe Cornish, because uh, it's something you mentioned earlier, Chris, is he wrote Ant-Man. Oh. That's um, interesting. And he also, he also wrote the... Um, that well, It's not really live action, but the Tintin movie. Okay. Uh, from a few years back, the Steven Spielberg one. Um, he, he also wrote that. But the monsters were actually um, also designed... By a company Spectral Motion, and they do Guillermo del Toro's hmm. effects work. Mm. And um, yeah, I mean, That's good. I, I do, I do like them. I do like them very much. I am and also saying it isn't him, but oh, okay, bloody is. <laughs> I'm looking at the the. Um, the, the block they're in is Wyndham Tower um, because loads of place names are named after sci-fi authors. Hmm. Uh, so obviously John uh, Wyndham Tower is John Wyndham as in uh, Midwich Cuckoos or Village of the Dam. So that was only a couple of episodes mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. Um, they get, I think Moses gets arrested on Ballard Street, which is J.G. Ballard, who also did High Rise. I mean, they're different things, but yeah. There's a Wells Court, a Huxley Court, uh, an Adams Street for Douglas Adams. Um, and I love this. Someone put Herbert Way for either Frank Herbert or Herbert George Wells, as in H.G. Wells. Um, <laughs> and there's a Moore Court, a Clayton Street. So, the, yeah, there's, but I think that's the only real sort of uh, homage sort of stuff in there. But it's, I mean, it's quite nice. Pretty good. Yeah. Sorry. And I, I have to say, hats off on the music as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty well. uh, sorry, I've just realised Harry Treadaway is in uh, oh. uh, in Penny Dreadful, who must be his identical twin brother. Um, they're both. I would assume same, so. Both born on the same day. Um, oh wow! Okay. Yeah, yeah, and he looks so much like him that I was convinced that mm. I was getting angry yeah. with IMDb for not putting it on there. I was like, <laughs> how can you miss Penny Dreadful? It was a massive TV. I mean, it was a Terrible TV show, but it yeah, was a big TV show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, they still put in listings for fucking Ishtar. It doesn't matter how bad the film is. I mean, if they start <laughs> doing that on IFDB, 
especially especially because I don't necessarily always agree with IMDb's ratings. So I'll be there going, mm-hmm. how dare you take that off IMDb, you <laughs> dirty swines. <laughs> so. But yeah, the, the music is a guy called Stephen Price, who won, who's actually won an Oscar. He won an Oscar for the soundtrack, The Gravity. Oh. I mm. think, I'm thinking of the right one. That's the Sandra Bullock one, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he won an Oscar for Gravity, um, but it's him and Basement Jacks. Oh, cool. All right. And the one thing that I've been really pleased about watching this is I finally worked out where a bit of music is from the Channel 4 idents because there's just one where it's like prowling around a little bit of a tower block um and it's just like oh coming next on channel four celebrity bake off assholes <laughs> um but the piece of music under it is the music called the block from the soundtrack to attack the block oh cool. I was like, mm. you've really thought about this a lot haven't you guys <laughs> so you've got this footage on a tower block and it's like well what have we got in the thing well, there's this film that's set in a tower block <laughs> we'll put that on there. <laughs> Channel four aren't dumbing down. Don't don't let them tell. Don't let anyone tell you that. Um. Yes. So, uh, in summation, um, a, not a bad film, but I felt it was. I I feel they mishandled the characters in the first ten minutes and therefore had no connection to them for the rest of the film, uh, which is a shame because they were fantastically acted. And other than that, I think I would have enjoyed the film a lot more, but it just left me. This film is the ultimate myth. Like, Not fair enough. it wasn't crap enough to make me angry. It wasn't good enough. I'll ever watch it again. Um, I just literally couldn't give any less of a shit if I tried. <laughs> that's fair enough no. I mean I, I have to say it's been well it's probably been about 10 years since I last watched it because I think I didn't see it in the cinema I saw it, saw it on DVD and then maybe again after that first point so it's probably been a good 8 years or something like that and I was like oh wow I just still thoroughly fucking enjoyed it I don't think it's it's not the most of incredible films, but I think in terms of how well it's, you know, it is, like you said, like it's just put together so fucking well. Mm. And mm. also it doesn't, it doesn't leave me with, it didn't leave me with that sort of thing of not being able to follow the characters. So I just sort of, yeah, I go with it. And, and like I say, it has that. The other thing as well is for a relatively cheap film, fuck me, this looks expensive. It does. It looks amazing. And the but the weird thing is as well is when you actually look at the cast list and there's like there's actually probably about eight people in it really. (laughs) Yeah. But it feels like you've just seen a lot uh, something. (laughs) Yeah. It does. Yeah. It's so it's all held together so well, consistent. Yeah. It definitely does look high production. Um, I'm definitely glad I watched it. Um, I can. You know, so I'd seen the the cover to it so many times. I don't know if there was like maybe in an iPhone app or something came out, and so I just kept seeing the the graphic and th- not having any I idea think, what it was about. I think if I remember at the time, that was I think that was also probably the problem with the expectation mm. is that again, 
they I think they really went hard promoting it after Shaun of uh, the Dead had been a success. Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. Shaun of the Dead was really a success because of Spaced. Yeah. So yeah. people knew it and by word of mouth, especially because that like second series of Spaced was like really when everyone was watching it and everyone got it and every like started watching it and stuff. And yeah, I think they just promoted the living shit out of it, thinking mm-hmm. they had another I suppose it's the opposite way around. Like um, Shaun of the Dead, everyone had high expectations, but didn't really think it would necessarily be as great as it managed to be. It just yeah. sort of achieved yeah. perfection for what people would have wanted. So then again, yeah, this you have higher expectations, and it. And I, I think again, it doesn't leave you with a, the feel-good element as Shaun of the that's Dead. That's true. And yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. the thing. I think people, as I think you're quite right. I think people saw Shaun of the Dead and Hot mm-hmm. Fuzz. And then saw this come out and were like, right, this is the next big comedy. And yeah. as Adam said, it is in comparison, no. it's an action <laughs> movie with some funny scenes in it yeah. or some funny lines. But ultimately, mm. if you're going in expecting hot fuzz and just like wall to wall nonsense <laughs> and hilarity, that's not what you're going to get. You're not going to get gonna it. Come away no. black. Mm. You're going to get far more. Well, weirdly enough, I think also you're just going to get a far more realistic portrayal of of people they're not really characters mm. they are actually yeah yeah they're characters yeah. in the sense of they're fictional but they're not like played to a tie to a, a sort of thing or something. Yeah. i don't know, i think i'm just rambling now frankly. <laughs> oh, no, i may have had a stroke <laughs> but that's only because claire couldn't reach they didn't have many jokes like that <laughs> exactly you know and it, and that is clearly box office gold, which is why, I, <laughs> you know, that is that is why they get me in as a script doctor. Um, or was it a rug doctor? I can't remember. <laughs> it was one, one or the other. It involved a lot of foam. I know that. So. <laughs> right. So uh, let's wrap it up there. So uh, don't forget, everybody, next week. Uh, the gentleman will be back with Wes. And what will you be covering next week? We should be covering Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens, starring a little-known guy called John Boyega. Keep an eye out for that guy, because I think big things are in the pipeline. (laughs) I I don't mean he's having a shit. (laughs) Um, Excellent. And the following week, the three of us will be back. For my birthday selection this time, yes. when we will be covering the Wolf of Snow Hollow. Uh, oh, I'm yes. really looking forward to this. to see this for the fourth time in <laughs> about six months because it's bloody brilliant. <laughs> see, I'm, well, I'm, no, no I'm, you have built this up a lot. Well, yeah, don't let me overhype it. Uh, well, what, what, as, lo- as long as we won't be able to say that we've seen the graphic everywhere. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah, you haven't attacked our block with it. That's what you haven't done. Yeah. But no, I'm I'm looking forward to this because I've it's one of those ones that's just sort of cropped up in the periphery when I've been reading about like films mm. coming out and stuff like that. That's one that's always got mentioned mm. and then not really heard actually much about it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I'm keen yeah. to see what you uh what you both make of it. Um Excellent. So thank you ever so much for listening, everybody. 
Uh, don't forget to come back next week for Moss Isley and the following week for Welcome to Holler again. Uh, don't I'm Sam slurring my words. I'm not even drinking. Uh, don't forget to check out the uh, Not For Everyone podcast. Adam has got his hand up in the air. Uh, I was also just going to remind people that we have coming up as yet unknown uh, oh, yes. from uh, oh, Wesley yeah. on Isley Happy Hour, which should be coming out. By the time this goes out, I think it should be coming out the following week. So, yes, that yeah, that, right. just yep. find them through our Instagram, subscribe, and uh, you'll be kept updated on that one. Sounds I'm very fantastic. excited about that. I love, mm. I, Wes has always been, I've known Wes since school, and that was used to be our maths lessons, was we'd get into maths, we would, they'd give us like a test or whatever. Wes and I were quite good at it, so we'd smash out the whole lessons test in 15 minutes and then sit and talk about ghosts and UFOs for the lesson so i'm very keen to hear what he's he's boiled down to his top six i think Mm. he will have done his homework for it certainly yeah done his own work he's been doing his own work for that for for the past 40 fucking years (laughs) exactly (laughs) excellent right yes so go and check out all that good stuff and we will see you all back here in a fortnight's time for the wolf of snow hollow thanks very much good night good night good night